0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 4. Somebody say, I got it. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Can you repeat that with me? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Notice every time you see Jesus teaching, he was teaching about the kingdom of God. Always. And then in healing all kinds of sickness and all diseases among the people. And then his fame went out throughout all Syria with no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter, No YouTube. When God does something, everyone will find out. But he preached and taught about the kingdom. But notice, and they brought him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. That means people that were oppressed by the devil or possessed by the devil. It says it right here, and those who were possessed, demon possessed and epileptics paralytics and he healed them I believe in other scriptures it says he healed them all recognize that he taught about the kingdom then he demonstrated the kingdom and that is what every church should strive for not just to teach but to experience and so great multitudes should follow followed him From Galilee to Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and beyond Jordan, they followed him. He had a great following. He impacted the world. The reason why he did it is because he came preaching the good news. He came to preach about the kingdom of God and the new place that every believer had the privilege to enter into that was once limited to priest and high priest now was open for everyone. How many of you appreciate the presence of God in our lives? I appreciate his presence so much. Can you lift up your hands one more time with your your voice as well? And can you just lift him up and say, Jesus, have your way in this service right now. Father, we pray for a hungry heart, for a strong desire, and we pray for the word to be brought with love, simplicity, and wisdom, and that we could see clearly what your plans are. Teach us how to evangelize. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Turn to somebody and tell them you have the answer. We have the answer inside of us. We have the answer, not just a answer, but the answer. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to speak to you all every week when I'm given the opportunity. The first thing I'd like to mention at the beginning of this lesson is... In the New Testament, it mentions the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven about 162 times. Write that down. 162 times. The scripture text today, just for reference for your notes, was Matthew chapter 4, 23 through 25 in the New King James Version. And so when you look at and you study the kingdom of God, 126 times, 162 times is where... It was mentioned by Jesus himself or the apostles. And the teachings were relevant for people who were fixing to step into a new system or a new covenant that God was establishing. A lot of people believe that the good news was just the crucifixion of Christ alone. But before you judge it, I'm here to contend for the scriptures and and for the faith that the good news was more than the cross. The good news could not occur, and we could not receive unless the blood was shed. So, so Jesus, compared to the 162 times it was ever mentioned, Jesus only talked about his death throughout the Gospels 13 times, or he was mentioned. Three times by Jesus and different portions of the Scripture around 13. And so when you look at the difference between the two, there was emphasis placed on the kingdom. Now when you look at the scripture and you do the research and you begin to look kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God they're interchangeable. A lot of scholars have mentioned that the reason why it's mentioned in certain places the kingdom of heaven is because it was used as a reference and the other places where it was mentioning the kingdom of God it was very limited in the sense that people had a high reverence for God and it was expressed as a personal experience and so they would not write down the full name of God but they would simply place it there as a personal experience that they had had themselves so when you read this there was a lot of thought a lot of sincerity and a lot of fear I mean the fear of God a reverence for the things of God that were considered but to say that one is greater than the other is absurd To say that the cross is lesser than the kingdom because it wasn't mentioned as much, and I did not count the Old Testament. It would be absurd to think that because no no part is greater than the whole. No part is greater than the whole. In fact, we would have no connection with God had it not been for Calvary. We would have no connection with God in relationship had he not sent his son, had he not prepared the Lamb of God. But it was God's idea for him to send the perfect sacrifice because I believe God wanted a relationship with us and wanted a family. In fact, when you read the scripture and you find out where John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Recognize he identified the Lamb with God. Most of the time, according to the Old Testament, when you look at how the sacrificial offerings took place, it would be the lamb of a family that was brought in. A lamb would have to be raised under an old covenant system. And what would happen is they would actually have to raise it because they had to be very careful because it had to be a perfect offering as close to perfect as can be for the family without spot, without blemish. To offer to God and when the family member who would represent them would come he would bring the lamb and before handing it over to the priest they required God required that the family member would kill the animal first before giving it to the priest then the priest would offer the blood for the sacrifice what that was, it was an act of transference. It was so the family could say, it was my sin that killed the animal. It was me, my family. It was our sins. So if I were to bring and if I was there of the tribe of whoever, Rivera, and I brought a lamb, it would be the lamb of the Rivera family, and I would say, after killing the animal, the animal's dead because of the sins my family committed. An act of transference. When God said, through the inspiration of the Spirit of God, through the prophet John and everyone else who wrote in the scripture, the Lamb of God, it was a prophetic statement, I believe, stating that God would provide a lamb this time For his future children and family that he desired to have. This God did not need to offer himself a sacrifice. Jesus did not need to be offered to have any kind of representation outside of himself for sin. He was without sin. But God gave a lamb for his future children and his future family. Stating that I want to offer this one time for my entire family. And here you and I are. An act of transference. And and you ever wondered why that day that when they cried out release Barabbas and crucify him had to take place? It was because God allowed it to happen. He knew that Jesus would be left alone. He knew that they would rebel and they would revolt and that they would cry out, release Barabbas. But I believe that moment, it had to be that way because it had to be an act of transference where the people are the ones that killed him. The act of transference because he died for their sins. God is so wise. And to prove the love of God afterwards, he said, now go to all nations and called Peter. And he taught them and walked with them and showed himself and ate with them for 40 days and 40 nights after his resurrection. And loved them. God holds no grudges. God doesn't keep us bound by our past. But the perfect love of God is expressed because of the blood of the Lamb of God. Let me show you this. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 20 and 23. In the NLT, New Living Translation. And then he said, this blood confirms the covenant of God that he had made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle. On everything used for worship, everything in that tabernacle had to be sprinkled. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there would be no forgiveness of sin. This is why the tabernacle and everything in it which were copies of the things in heaven. Keep this in mind. They, this, what you saw, the structure, the system, was nothing more than a reflection of what was in heaven. It's what God had, and he established it for us as a new system in the Old Testament. And it had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. And that was the blood of Jesus Christ. So let me show you the tabernacle. Because I've showed this structure to you throughout different semesters. And I use it repeatedly sometimes just for learning. But if you notice, number one, that's where the blood took place. That's where the sacrifices That's where the lives were taken, where the blood was shed. And number two, it's where the priests would come that would offer the blood sacrifices, had to wash themselves and cleanse themselves. And number three, technically, there were four parts to the tabernacle, and that number three was the holy place. That's where the priest would perform everything instruction and fulfill every instruction that God gave to Moses and that he would have to go and make sure that the candlesticks or the menorah was constantly lit. The light of God, if you will, the, the, the spirits of God. And you do the research on what those things mean, but I will tell you that the altar of incense had to stay burning 24 hours a day, seven days a week, night and day. This was a type of prayer. And then the bread, that was only for the priest. But the most holy place, number four, everyone say number four. The fourth place in this structure was only meant for one person, the high priest. But the high priest could not enter in without one, two, and three being done correctly. And on top of that, his life had to line up with God. And so much that if it didn't, they tied a rope around his waist if God ever struck him dead They would have to pull him out of the most holy place because only one person could enter in the one that God called to approach. But everyone say with me the most holy place, the most holy place emphasis on the most. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was that represented the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and only the high priest could experience this. Can you imagine what the dinner table or at lunchtime or around the campfire, how the conversations went among the priest and the high priest? Could you imagine the priest asking, hey, um, what was it like? What did it feel like? What did you see? What did you hear? It was behind a veil. No one could go behind the veil. It was a hidden place. Only the high priest could go in. And they were reverenced and they were respected. But no one else had access to that. No one. They experienced cow, They experienced the, the killing of the animals. They experienced the killing of the animals. Okay, Siri just asked. I didn't get that. <laughs> there, there was. They saw everything else, but that was hidden. So the question I have to ask you, and point number one, and I want you to write this down: What was the gospel of the good news to Israel? I want to challenge your thinking, in, by making this statement. The good news was the very thing that Jesus emphasized over a hundred times in the New Testament, which was the kingdom of God is at hand. It wasn't exempt of the cross. The cross was part of the process. They experienced the cross. All of them would experience it when they said crucify him. They put to death the Lamb of God. This was something that carried on and on. But what came out of the cross was good news. But it led to something greater. Something that had been hid. Something that no one could ever experience. Something that no one could ever look into. And something that had the answers and the power and the authority and the benefits of everything that God would give through Jesus Christ. Beyond the mercy and the blood and the remission of sins. I really do believe that that altar of sacrifice represented Calvary. I really do believe if you've ever been to my crew, uh, you need to join it. If you want to learn more about these subjects, I teach and help people understand them. But, but i really do believe that the laver and the basin of water represented water baptism in the new Testament. You see, God never did away with an old system. He created a new one, but God wanted to establish it. The scripture says the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. In other words, these were things were a shadow of things to come. And so when you look at this, you can see the steps. And you can see the sequence of events. There's a pattern throughout the scripture concerning the tabernacle and how it carried into the new covenant and the new dispensation of grace. And I believe that everyone, like the holy place, has an experience with the presence of God and the Spirit of God in your life. Everyone does experience the Holy Spirit. But remember, we are three-dimensional Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. So when you come in and you raise your hands, that's the body engaging, and you can feel something physically. How many of you felt something during worship? Raise your hands. You felt something. I mean, some people may have felt goosebumps. Some people may have just felt overwhelmed. Some people feel a likeness, the peace of God. And then through the body, The spirit begins to go deeper because of desire, and most people experience God in their soul. Mind, will, and emotions, and some people feel the emotional part of that. They feel God directing them. They feel God moving them, inspiring them. But that third part, see, the holy place any of the priests could have gone into, but the most holy place that hardly anyone had the chance. When Jesus was crucified, fulfilling the first step that would open the door for everything else, like the altar. You ever wondered why Jesus, when he said, it is finished, how there was a thunder and an earthquake and the veil and the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, signifying that what was kept in secret, God was fixing to pour it out to everybody then. And on the day of Pentecost, he poured out his spirit upon all flesh, breaking the two dimensions, giving people to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost or the spirit of promise. Or, well, let me just show you the slide. Here's a slide. There are synonyms for the word Holy Ghost. The, new, the King James refers to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost many times. And we've gotten away from that because we're afraid to scare people with ghosts. Everyone has their own ideas and philosophies and ideologies about the word ghost. It doesn't matter. The, the, the scripture has it. But it's really essentially spirit. And many times in the scripture, here's a few of them, not all of them. You do the research. You can write these down if you want. Take a picture with your phone. And the Scripture, the Holy Ghost is referred to as the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit that was in Christ. The Scripture says that that same Spirit that was in Christ is in you, the same will resurrect your body on the last the day. Jesus said he would be called Counselor. There's a devil in the technology in this area right here. Counselor, comforter, the Holy Spirit is known as the comfort. How many of you have ever been comforted by the presence of God? Mm. The promise, Jesus told them on the, in the 40-day duration of time he spent with them that the, the Father would send the promise. The promise of the Father is known as the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the counselor, the comforter. The fruits of the Spirit. When you hear about the fruits of the Spirit, what it really is, is the character of Christ that was in Christ, the Spirit of Christ. It's just an expression of the Spirit. And we call and reference it the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus referenced the Holy Spirit, the workings of the Spirit, by recalling it the finger of God. In one place, they accused Jesus of casting out devils with the demon, and Jesus said if the finger of God came in to deliver people, how could it be the devil? You do the research. That's the gifts of the Spirit, I believe, an expression of God. It's called the righteousness of God. Because the spirit of God inside of us causes us to obey God, a desire puts a desiring us to walk after God, which obedience leads to righteousness, and then righteousness leads to holiness. Therefore, it's God that gives us the power to will it to do of His good pleasure. That's grace. The spirit of the Father, the spirit of Christ. I have spirit of Christ in there twice. It was very important. Spirit of prophecy. Spirit of grace, and then the kingdom of God. The spirit of holiness, the spirit of life. And then according to Hebrews chapter 11, it was referenced as the city whose builder and maker was God. That's what every patriarch and matriarch was looking for. The dispensation of grace, coming by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God within us and working. There is a difference between you having God and then God having you. There is much, much more for the experience. And we would love to teach you how you can experience your prayer language. Your, 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 your connection in prayer, it will change your life. How many of you have ever experienced God's presence like that in your life? It's just a powerful thing. <laughs> knowledge is power. And when you have knowledge and understand it, you know that God has so much more. But this is what God was saying. You see, why is the Holy Spirit referenced as the kingdom of God? I'll tell you why. Because it's where the king reigns from. It's where the king reigns from. The scripture says, for the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so when you begin to look at that, when people ask Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? That's what the disciples asked them according to Acts chapter 1. Write it down. Acts chapter one, they asked him, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. Those are put into the father's hands. But he said, but in conjunction, furthermore, I, not many days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So in other words, if you're with me right now, are you with me right now? In other words... He said to them, they were wondering, when are you going to restore the kingdom? In their sense, they only understood it according to what they had seen already. No one had ever seen the kingdom and what the, it was fixing to ha- and like it was fixing to occur. No one had ever experienced this before, like they did in Acts chapter 2. Nobody. So, how could you know? what it looked like or what it was like if it never existed. No one. Listen to this. Luke chapter 7, 20 and 21. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. See, they had heard Jesus talk about the kingdom. They were trying to trick him. Any time the Pharisees and Sadducees asked him a question, they were trying to trip him up. Nicodemus, I believe, was the only one that was very curious in John chapter 3. But listen to what he says here. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here? Or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Everyone say, I've got something in my life. I've got something in my life. See, but there was another Pharisee that came, to Nicodem- that came to Jesus by night by the name of Nicodemus. And he said, Master, he said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher sent from God. No man can do the miracles that you're doing. And Jesus replied to the root of his question. Because the real question he had was when he mentioned miracles that you do. He wasn't curious about the teachings. He was curious about the miracles. And what that was, it was the kingdom of God displayed. You see. What's in heaven begins to manifest itself on earth when we pray. And whatever isn't in heaven. That's on earth. It's a contradiction, and it has to go when we enforce the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? Why do people get healed, Pastor Bobby? Because there are no diseases in heaven. And when you begin to enforce heaven's authority and the domain and the area that you've been given privilege to pray over and live over, everything that's not like heaven has to be conformed to heaven. That's why people get delivered. There are no demons in heaven. Ah, oh, man, some of you need to... I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying here? I'm telling you that that whatever is not like in heaven. That's why Jesus said when the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. They didn't say teach us how to study, teach us how to speak, teach us how to perform miracles. No, 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 no. They knew the source for his authority and power and influence came through prayer. So they said, look, guys, we got to ask him how he prays because that's where the power's at. And he healed them all. Now, when we begin to consider where our king reigns from, The temple, the tabernacle wasn't good enough. David wanted to build God a temple so bad, but he was a man of war and he shed blood. And he couldn't do it. Solomon built it. Everyone was amazed by the wisdom and the glamour and the gold and the the smith, the blacksmiths, and the all of all of the people who had the skills queen of, of the, the, the queen of the south Beersheba, she. she said I've never seen anything before and the half has never been told there's much more here than I expected but nothing compares to the kingdom of God you can't see it you can't hear it but when you experience it but the But the wonderful thing is, is the more that you experience it, the more your senses begin to develop and you begin to hear and you begin to see and you begin to discern or smell and you begin to taste or experience and you begin to touch or to see God's gifts move and you begin to step or begin to walk in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake and you begin to not have to tell everybody what your favorite sermon is. You don't have to preach to everybody, but when you love people and you begin to pray for people and you begin to reach out to people, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is reaching out. The kingdom of God is healing. And that's why they follow Jesus. It wasn't because Jesus came to everybody and say, if you don't get yourself right right now, you're going to hell to everybody. Jesus healed them first. He loved them first. He prayed for them first. And then they began to follow him because this generation as well Amen. needs proof that there is a God. Turn to somebody and tell them. Point number two: the answer is in you. Amen. The I, I will. Thank you. I will. I think I will. There, there is proof. God exists beyond the written word. The written word was given to us because of our humanity and our mind to judge every action, to keep ourself in check, not God. To validate every act of God. I'm a firm believer that every prophetic word, every word, every action should always be filtered with the word of God. And when you begin to look deeper into the scripture you're going to find it emphatically in the book of acts the reason why they were able to change their world is because the written word was made flesh again just like john in the beginning was the word The word was with God, the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was grace and truth that came out of the life of Christ. And if anything is going to convince anyone in the hour we're living in right now, it's the works of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You want to know how to win your family? Start praying for them. Start believing God and don't limit God. Ask him for big things. Ask him dream big for your family. Believe big for your family. Pray big for your family. Don't just pray God bring them to church. Pray God bring them to the cross, bring them to the water baptisms of forgiveness and bring them to the holy and the most holy place. Baptize them with the Holy Ghost, God. Get rid of their addiction, God. Get rid of the demonic oppression. Break every chain. That's what's going to be the proof. I'm telling you right now is the hour for God to want, for God to find a group of people who have lost the fear of the culture and other people and begin to walk in obedience, not in a weird way, but in a loving and a passionate way to believe God for the impossible and understand who he is. People want proof. I I, I watched a video and I'm referencing this. I wish I knew the pastor, but I didn't. He was a pastor. I just I felt like I needed to listen to this guy and and there was this pastor he was talking he was walking in his sanctuary talking about a conference that he was just at. He said there was a, a lot of people at this conference and and they felt so compelled to pray for pastors and and out of the crowd in, in America, there was a pastor that was from israel and, and this pastor from Israel came up and and he he, he began to testify and He said, I have traveled all the way from Israel to come to this conference to experience God. I heard that God moves here and that God performs miracles, signs and wonders. And I had heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and so forth. He had heard about all these things. He said, I came to get it here. And they said, why couldn't you do it over there? Because of the oppression that's happening right now. And he said, because over there, people don't want to just listen to the word. We need more. He said, the word itself just doesn't work like it should See, Here's, let me explain to you what he meant, what he meant by that. You see, the word of God works wonders on us when you believe it and you embrace it. The written word will cleanse your mind when it's mixed with prayer I mean, it's the only book you can read with the author is present every time. And when you begin to read the word of God in your mind and body, begin to console soul with the spirit of God, it becomes one. Then God begins to move and it does the individual a lot of good. But when you come to people and you try to preach to them and you try to teach them and without any anointing and without any presence and without any giftings, it's just a written word. It's just another religious act. And that pastor said to that conference, in Israel, we need power. Power is the only thing that's going to change this new generation. I want to say something to you right now to make you aware because I think most people have their head in the sand still. We don't make issues about things and, and, and we stay right in the will of God and try to keep focused and help you. But if you'll read news not all of the news but if you do the research there's a lot of persecution happening right now in Australia there's a lot of persecution happening right now in Israel there's a lot of marches and defiances happening in New York City there's a lot of people right now there are people being arrested in Australia right now being arrested thousands of them because they're defying the strong hand of tyranny of the government in their country. And if you think for one moment that kind of stuff can't come here, you are sadly mistaken. But the good news is, is the same news that Jesus had from the beginning. Greater is he that's in you than him that's in the world and any government. And my government shall not fail. And the king that sits on the throne shall be an everlasting kingdom. And the king will never have a lack of power. He said for all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And he said that he had the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. And one day, whether people believe it or not, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm telling you that God has given you the kingdom inside of you. And if you don't know this, the throne is your heart. It is where he decides to sit down and reign from. And you just don't have an experience or religion. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the power of God. You have the kingdom of God. You have the counsel of God. You have the spirit of holiness. You have power inside of you. You have healing inside of you. You have deliverance inside of you. You have miracles inside of you. You have signs and wonders inside of you. You have love inside of you. You've got joy unspeakable inside of you. You've got a peace that passes all understanding inside of you. You have a love. That nobody's ever seen before. But God wants to show it. I don't know how else to convey this, but in this church, the dryness, if there's any, the coldness, if there's any, it has to go. We are praying every week that these aisles in this church would have a fire inside of them, that every person that comes into this church. Would be baptized in the Holy Spirit, water baptized in Jesus' name, and come and cover by the blood at Calvary. We are, I know that's a little dyslexic. I went backwards. But the truth is, is that everything begins by a move of God. Everything begins with the move of God. Everything begins when people begin to worship, when people begin to pray, when people begin to feel like they've been set free, and they're not in bondage, and they're not fearful of the culture, and they don't care if they get cast. and they don't care what people say they don't care if you got a mask or you don't wear a mask or you're vaccinated or unvaccinated you're the child of God whom Jesus died for and we're gonna love you and we're gonna help you and we're gonna be here for you somebody clap your hands and give God some praise in this place God is real Somebody stand to your feet and yell, you have the answer inside of you. The answer is inside of you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you have the answer. You have the answer. The answer is in you. Ha, the answer is in you. And when you open up your mouth, it's not just you. Let me me help you with something. Whoever learns how to minister to God well will learn and understand how to minister to people well. Your primary, all of our ministry, our primary ministry is to minister to God every day first. That's right. Minister to God. That's an example and an expression of a priest. We all have been made kings and priests. What does that mean? Well, when you understand old covenant, custom cultures, and the scripture, and the new covenant, now you know that the authority of dominion that Adam lost came and was reestablished by the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And he passed it on to his seed. And the seed of Christ is the seed of Abraham. Abraham who have inherited the promises of Abraham and who have had the authority. And guess what? In Abraham's lineage was King David. And when you receive the seed of Christ or the spirit of Christ in your life, you've now got kingly royalty, authority in you. The scripture says he was the King, capital K, of Kings, small k. Many kings. What are you saying, Pastor Bobby? Here's what I'm saying to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. How wonderful to be wise, to analyze and interpret things. Wisdom lights up a person's face, softening its harshness. Obey the king since you have vowed to God that you would. Don't try to avoid doing your duty. And don't stand with those who plot evil. For the king can do whatever he wants. His command is backed by great power. And no one can resist or question it. In the King James, that was the New Living Translation. But in the King James, it says, where the word of a king is, there's power. So when you have spent time with your high priest or your king, you see, Jesus is all things. He is king when he begins to rule and you exercise authority. He is priest when he begins to intercede and fills after your infirmity and fills your weaknesses and intercedes with you. He's a counselor when you need answers. He's a father when you feel lost and lonely. But when you have spent time with the king, you see, Esther walked into the presence of the king Through many months of preparation. But what took her months only took one moment for us in the blood of Jesus. And when we have the blood, we can approach God just like the tabernacle as a priest and intercede and meet with the high priest. And we begin to converse and we begin to and that's where him as the high priest comes out of us speaking another language interceding for us. Praying for us, helping us when we don't know what to pray for, according to Romans. And making intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what the mind of God is. For he knows the mind and the will of God. When you don't know what to pray, the Spirit does it for you. And when it comes out of your mouth, when you're in prayer and you come out, and whatever your situation is, the Spirit of God will give you the words to speak. And when you release it, you release it the same way Jesus did. And I'm telling you, there's a study in this. Because the words that are coming out of your mouth aren't your own now. They're His words. How many of you believe that? That's why every day you gotta watch the words that you say. Here's your weekly challenge. Are you ready? Write this down. Watch your words and only agree with God's words. The answer is inside of you. The Holy Spirit can only use what's up here. So you gotta feel the mind that you've got and let it resonate and let it seek into your subconscious. And the see, because here's what happens. I'm gonna teach you something really quick, because I know we gotta go. Let me teach you something. The mind only understands pictures. The mind only understands pictures. I don't want to be sick. All I saw was sick. Guess what's going to happen? Even if you say, I don't want to be healthy, all you see is healthy. Don't think of a lemon right now. Don't think of a pink elephant right now. You can't help it. Your mind sees it. That's how you're made. So that's why you got to see yourself in the image of Christ. That's why you have to watch out what you say negative. That's why you have to begin to speak faith. Because what you see is what you get. That's why God gave us all an imagination. But the answer's inside of you. Don't agree with everybody. Stop watching the news so much. Be choosy. Be picky. But I'm telling you right now, if you'll begin to follow after him, and if you'll begin to pray every day, night and day, remember the lesson? Night and Day really begins at night. And if you want to have a good day, pray at night and wake up and decree in the morning. And when you begin to speak out of your mouth, then you're gonna see things begin to shift in your day, and you're gonna understand how this works. The kingdom of God is inside of you. Begin to let the king express himself through you, and you'll see changes begin to happen. Come on, let's raise our hands and begin to worship. If you've not then to the first one you see here God wants you to come all the way to number four he doesn't want to keep you at number one and number two most people live in those two stages through the body and the soul but God wants to fill your spirit if you desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you understand it begin to worship him right now if you need a word a renewing in your spirit just begin to lift your voice if you've not made it to the cross yet and you've said, God, I I've been I've been doing it my way, and I don't understand all this craziness, and I don't understand why this preacher has to yell up there. Let me tell you why the preacher yells. I'm gonna insert this real quick. The preacher yells is because you yell at baseball games and football games and you're excited to see your team win. The reason I yell and get excited sometimes is because I remember where God brought me from and I remember what I used to be and I have something real in my life and I have a passion because God's forgiven me. And I know Jesus is fixing to score some points for me. He's fixing to help me win for my family. He's fixing to help me win for my business. He's fixing to help me win for my church family. And I'm excited about it by faith. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, just tell him, Father, I surrender right now. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I take the first step. Forgive me for my sins. If you need more from God, just right there where you're at, just lift your hands and let's just agree together. Father, in the name of Jesus, whoever's watching online, I pray that you bless them today. Whoever's here in person, I pray that you just lift every heaviness off of them. Today, right now, let your love begin to permeate the atmosphere. Let your angels begin to go by and touch those that have faith. Let those, God, that need faith be touched as well. We pray today, dear God, we believe the whole counsel of God. We believe the whole council we believe the whole book from genesis to revelation we believe everything and we reference it god to know that you're able you're capable you are willing in jesus name today father baptize us with the fresh fire baptize us with the spirit of evangelism god let us go into prayer let us go into worship let us maintain our worship through prayer worship music god let us begin to filter our eyes on what we see and what we hear Keep us in the spirit of holiness. Keep us in the spirit of humility. Keep us in the spirit of love. Keep us in the spirit of peace. Keep us, God, in the anointing. We pray today, God, we pray that every family member would make it to the house of God and be transformed into your image. We pray that everything, God, that has breath would begin to praise you and every person, God, that's capable of lifting up their voice. For we will not cease from praising and worship you we will bless the lord at all times and let praise be continually coming out of our mouth and we're going to see walls like jericho come down in our families we're going to see walls god come down in our businesses we're going to see walls come down in our finances walls come down god in every restricted area Right now we, we decree and we let loose in this building that there is no witch, that there is no warlock, that there is no demon, that there is no familiar spirit, that there is no prince, that there is nothing God of darkness that can stop the will of God on Riverside Church and its members. In the name of Jesus, bless this region, bless this community, bless this county. We release the word of God over our families. No weapon formed against them can prosper. None of them will be kept in darkness. You'll bring them out of darkness into your marvelous light. We plead the blood over their doorposts. We plead the blood over their homes. God, we speak life into them. We speak life over everyone in this church that has COVID right now. We speak the breath of God into their lungs. We say dissipate that virus in Jesus' name and let your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. And we thank you, dear God, for your goodness in Jesus' name, and bless you in Jesus' name. Now somebody lift up your voice and give God some praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit riversidechurchtx.com.